You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today we're going to recap everything announced at the WWDC 2023 keynote. And yes, Apple did announce its new headset called the Apple Vision Pro. It's coming out early next year at $3,500. But we'll get to that at the end of the recap. Apple started off the keynote talking about the Mac. They announced the long-rumored 15-inch MacBook Air will be available. Pre-orders this week, available next week, running on the M2 chip. Still has a 1080p FaceTime camera, but it has six speakers, 18 hours of battery, and you can get it with up to 24 gigabytes of unified memory and up to two terabytes of storage. The 15-inch MacBook Air will start at $1,300, and the 13-inch drops down to $1,099. You can still get the M1 MacBook Air at $999. They also updated the Mac Studio with a new M2 Max and M2 Ultra chip. The new M2 Ultra has up to 24-core CPU, 76-core GPU, 32-core neural engine, and you can upgrade it to 192 gigabytes of unified memory. They also updated the HDMI port, and you can power up to six Pro Display XDRs with the Mac Studio. That M2 Ultra chip is also coming to the new Apple Silicon Mac Pro. Not a lot of fanfare around because the Mac Pro is still the same design, mostly remaining unchanged from the Intel version, except for now powered by Apple Silicon, namely the M2 Ultra. You'll have eight Thunderbolt ports, six on the back, two on the top, and For those who need PCI expansion slots, there'll be up to six slots in this Mac Pro. And the Apple Silicon Mac Pro will start at $7,000. We'll cover more details about the new hardware and, of course, all the software updates on Friday's episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. After the Mac, Apple discussed iOS 17 with big updates to communication, namely the phone, FaceTime, and Messages app. The new phone app in iOS 17, you'll now be able to set a contact poster so you can choose the image that is displayed on other people's iPhones when you call. And that contact poster and topography will also be a part of your card in the Contacts app. Apple also announced a live voicemail feature, which will include live transcriptions. So if someone calls you and you send it to voicemail, you'll actually be able to view a live transcription as the person leaves the voicemail, and you can still choose to pick up if you'd like to. FaceTime will also add video messages. So if you go to FaceTime someone and they don't pick up, you can still leave a short video message. The Messages app now got many updates in iOS 17, including search filters, so you can actually search by person or conversation and search terms, a new catch-up feature, so if you're in a group message or a thread, you can tap a little arrow and it'll bring you to the first message that is unread by you. You can now swipe on a message to reply in line, makes that a little easier. Audio messages will now include a transcription, so you don't have to listen to the audio. You could just read what the message said. And there's more location sharing features and messages, especially the new feature called check-in. If you share with a friend this new check-in feature, they'll be able to track your location and see if you've made it home or if you're delayed in making it home. And if you're delayed in making it home, they can see your battery level on your iPhone, the cellular connectivity you may have, and more info just to make sure you get home safe. Also, apps and messages, rather than that long string that you could scroll through right above the composition line, all of your messages apps will be tucked away in the plus button next to that field, making it for a much cleaner look. And there's a new stickers experience in messages as well. Also coming to iOS 17 is AirDrop improvements. You can share your contact info much quicker now just by using AirDrop, bringing your iPhone close to someone else. You can choose the numbers and emails that you'd like to share with someone, and you'll have that new contact poster that's shared along with the rest of your contact info. And a huge improvement in AirDrop is that if you begin sharing many files over AirDrop, pictures and videos together, if you separate from that person's iPhone and you go out of AirDrop range, the transfer will continue over the internet. So if you have to leave the proximity of someone, you'll know that those photos and videos will still be shared in that AirDrop session online. 
You can also activate new SharePlay features by bringing two iPhones close together. Text input and autocorrect is going to see some improvements in iOS 17, and dictation should be more accurate. Apple also announced a brand new journal app. We actually talked about this on the Apple Insider podcast. This new journal app is coming later this year, and it will pull all different information from your contacts, locations, photos, music, podcasts, and workouts all into the journal app and encourage you to write a little bit about your day and then pull in all that side information. Really excited to try out this new journal app and all those different info sources that it can access. As rumored, the iPhone has a new standby mode. Now when you set up your iPhone to charge, it will go into the standby display mode, that always on display on the iPhone 14 Pro. This will be especially useful. And not only can you see clocks and photos on your iPhone display in the standby mode, but you'll be able to add widgets as well and even widget stacks. So you can add calendar, weather, and yes, home controls right there on your iPhone screen in the standby mode. Really excited to try that out. This way you can add some scenes and HomeKit devices right there on your iPhone screen in standby mode. They're also removing the need to say, hey, for hey Siri. Not try to separate it that far enough not to set off your devices there, but you'll no longer have to say, hey, you can just say Siri. And it also looks like we're getting interactive home screen widgets. Apple announced this in the iPadOS section that's coming next, but it looks like across all your platforms, including macOS, that we'll get interactive widgets, being able to check off to-do items, reorder right inside the widget, not having to open the app. Next, Apple went on to iPadOS 17, again, showing off those interactive home screen widgets, and there'll be an API for developers to take advantage of those. Also, lock screen widgets are coming to the iPad, so you're able to customize your lock screen. Lots of new lock screen and wallpaper designs on the iPad, especially a new astronomy one where you can choose which planet is displayed on your iPad wallpaper. It looks really cool. And it looked like I saw some home widgets there on iPad OS 17, which means we should get those for iOS 17 as well. Also, live activities like Flighty and Uber will also come on the iPad home screen, and you can add multiple timers, or at least run multiple timers on iPad. The health app that you have on your iPhone will also be coming to iPad and new improvements on how to handle PDFs. They'll be using machine learning, which they didn't mention AI at any point in the keynote, which I said, but they did say machine learning a lot. And so it'll use machine learning to analyze PDFs. and You'll actually be able to use autofill on your iPad to fill out those PDFs. Also, if you connect your iPad to an external display, like the studio display, you'll be able to use the built-in camera on the studio display with your iPad for something like FaceTime. So that's the first time that we see external cameras being used with iPad. Curious if that will apply to other things like external webcams, we'll have to test that to see. Also new features like follow along and something like Freeform, you can follow collaborators as they scroll across a document and make changes. Next came macOS, which the new version will be called macOS Sonoma. I wasn't right with that. I didn't get macOS Eldorado this year, but we have Sonoma. New screensavers and wallpapers, including those aerial style screensavers are coming to the Mac. Really nice there. You'll be able to have widgets on the desktop on your Mac. So they're not relegated to that little today view on the right side anymore. You'll be able to put widgets anywhere on the desktop and those widgets will actually fade a little bit when you bring apps to the foreground. So they won't be so distracting. And the tint or coloring tint of those widgets will actually change depending on your wallpaper. It looked really nice in the keynote. Should be visually pleasing and not very distracting. And what's even crazier is you can use widgets from your iPhone on your Mac. So if you have apps with widgets that don't necessarily have Mac apps, you'll actually be able to pull the widgets from your iPhone onto your Mac desktop and use the widgets right there, even interactive. They showed a car interactive widget where you can start your car cooling. If you have a widget for that, all you have to do is have your iPhone nearby your Mac 
and using continuity, all those widgets on your iPhone available right on your Mac desktop. Pretty wild. Some gaming updates for Mac as well and amazing video conferencing features. In addition to things like center stage and portrait mode, they're now adding a new overlay feature where if you're going to present slides or present some kind of visual aspect that using machine learning, Apple is gonna separate you from the background of your video and will actually put a little picture in picture of your face or just have a full slide kind of in between you and whatever's in the background of your camera shot. So kind of a really interactive way to present things like slides rather than have the slide take over the whole screen, pretty wild. Safari is also getting some updates, sharing pass keys and family passwords. This was much requested. We did not get a standalone password app, unfortunately, but it does look like we'll be able to share passwords with family members in iCloud coming with macOS Sonoma and iOS 17. You'll also have profiles in Safari. So if you'd like to have one profile for your work accounts, maybe it's your work Google account, other work accounts, you can have that profile dedicated in Safari and then a different profile for your personal needs. This is something Google Chrome has had and things like Brave. Well, that's coming to Safari as well. You'll also be able to create web apps that live in your doc. So if you have a website that you visit often, maybe it's a CMS or some kind of project management website, you can actually create a web app, have it live in your dock so it looks like a native Mac app. And then when you click it, it will open in what looks like a native app window. And so rather than having to go to the website constantly, you can create those web apps and they will live in your dock. Apple then went on to audio and home updates. Some software updates to AirPods, they're bringing adaptive audio. Let's say you're walking down the street, you have noise cancellation on, if there's a bike bell from a bicyclist that's coming by, your AirPods will let that sound in, but then also cut out sounds of the leaf blower. Apple has had this kind of adaptive noise canceling before, but it looks like it will be improved in some of these iOS 17 updates. But a new feature is called conversation awareness. This is really cool, meaning if you have AirPods Pro on, let's say with noise canceling, and if someone comes up and starts talking to you, or let's say you're in the grocery store, this is what happens to me often, and I wanna to talk to the person behind the cash register, it will actually let that conversation in through the noise canceling and you can talk normally rather than having to completely go into transparency mode. So this kind of dialogue or conversation awareness. If you're on a phone call, you'll be able to mute yourself on that call just by tapping your AirPods and they're improving the automatic switching. Didn't exactly say what will be improving there, but they just said it's getting better. Also some improvements to AirPlay. Your Apple devices will learn your AirPlay preferences. So let's say you always play music in the kitchen at a certain time of day your iPhone will automatically suggest that it airplays whatever's on your iPhone to that particular HomePod at that time of day. Also, airplay in hotels will be a more streamlined process. You scan a QR code and then you'll be able to airplay right there. And then you'll be able to airplay quickly without having to fiddle with all the Wi-Fi settings. And you'll also be able to activate more services via HomePod or via Siri rather than having to start on the iPhone. So if you wanna play something from SoundCloud, which isn't natively supported on HomePod, you'll be able to access that just by asking Siri without having to actually pull out your iPhone. Also improvements of Apple Music and CarPlay. If you have multiple people in a car and that car is running CarPlay, everyone can contribute or play songs through the car stereo, through CarPlay. They'll see a little notification on the lock screen and they can join in rather than having to actually switch devices or what's connected. Everyone can collaborate on what's being heard. Apple also briefly mentioned updates to tvOS and Apple TV. The control center on Apple TV has been redesigned. There's actually several menu options. It looks like home devices and cameras are displayed better. It looks like you'll be able to use those with greater ease. Also more control over AirPods and other audio devices connected to Apple TV. We'll have to play around with it, but it does look vastly improved over the current control center. 
They also said that you'll be able to find your Apple TV remote with your iPhone with what looked like precision finding. I'm not sure if there's a U1 chip in that Apple TV remote or if they're just using Bluetooth and precision finding in a certain way, but you'll be able to find that Apple TV remote in the couch cushions. There's a new photo screensaver for the Apple TV, and they're actually bringing the FaceTime app to Apple TV for the first time. You'll be able to use continuity camera with your iPhone. You set your camera in front of the TV, but using the FaceTime app on the Apple TV, it'll show the other participants' videos on your big screen, and your iPhone can be set up to capture your video. There's also gonna be an API built in for that, so other applications can use the continuity camera feature. And finally, watchOS 10 was announced with that focus on widgets. On your Apple Watch, when you tap the digital crown with watchOS 10, it will reveal widgets that you can then add and create stacks kind of below your main watch face. It really looks like a visual upgrade for sure. There's cycling updates for that workout, also hiking updates, even things like wrist rotation for golf and tennis. Your Apple Watch will be able to analyze things like pronation, which is the twisting of your forearm, wrist, and hand. And there's also health updates, including things like mental health, where you can track your state of mind with the mindfulness app and even do things like measure daylight exposure for kids. It talked about vision improvements, and a lot of times having a good amount of exposure to sunlight or daylight being outside, that the Apple Watch will actually be able to detect how often kids are out there in the sun, and even things like if they're holding their iPad too close, that it can actually warn kids to move the iPad farther away, again, preventing any kind of vision loss. And for the first time in a while, Tim Cook actually said, we have one more thing at the end of this keynote, and the one more thing is Apple's headset called Apple Vision Pro. The Apple Vision Pro headset will not be available until early 2024, and it's going to cost $3,500. But this headset truly is a mixed reality AR and VR type headset. Apple showed off many different use cases just from showing your photos and viewing them kind of in an augmented reality fashion where you could see them in the room, all the way to VR experiences, watching movies on as big a screen as you want, by also being surrounded by an environment that's not the room you're in. Lots of use cases in working environments, whether it's having multiple windows up for spreadsheets, collaborative environments, and also things like FaceTime. The Apple Vision Pro headset will also show your eyes to those around you in the room, but it's not a clear headset. They're not seeing your actual eyes. It's actually a digital representation of your eyes on the outside of the headset. And if you're using an app or you're fully immersed in VR while using the Apple Vision Pro, they'll actually see colors either overlaid on your eyes or just a full color display on the outside of the headset, signaling that you're in an immersive environment. Apple also announced a feature for the Apple Vision Pro called EyeSight. So not only will others be able to see your eyes, but if someone comes and sits down next to you while you're in a completely immersive environment in the headset, they'll actually appear within your vision so you know that they just sat down. Not only that, but you'll be able to use Bluetooth devices like the Magic Keyboard, Trackpad, and Mice to interact. But the Apple Vision Pro headset by itself does not have any kind of controllers. Everything is gesture controlled and eye tracking. So moving your eyes, looking at different apps on the screen, which it did kind of show a grid of apps, which is how you would browse the different applications on the headset. And then gestures like pinching or two finger pinches and zooms with your hands. Everything is through gestures and eye movements, no physical controls. But again, you can use things like magic keyboards and trackpads if you're working on documents or other collaborative environments. Now, if you're going to be doing video conferencing with the Apple Vision Pro, it will actually scan your face and capture what Apple calls a digital persona. This will be a quote unquote real life depiction of your face. So rather than the cartoonish or avatar style personas that you might see with like the Quest and other VR headsets, this is aiming to be a actual representation, a physical representation of your face. They did show a demo of it. It looked a little uncanny valley. We'll have to see 
how good that quality is when this launches in a number of months. But you'll also be able to do video conferencing with your persona visible to others while you collaborate on other documents. And Bob Iger, Disney CEO, actually was a part of the keynote and celebrating Disney's 100 years, they produced an entire ad for the Apple Vision Pro. They said Disney Plus will be available on the Vision Pro on day one with experiences like watch Star Wars or shows like The Mandalorian on Tatooine or other Star Wars environments so you can completely immerse yourself in what you're watching. Apple said on from a hardware stance, there's 23 million pixels across both of those eyes, more than a 4K TV for each eye. There's also spatial audio speakers built into the headset, but you can also use it with things like AirPods Pro to cut out even more room noise and noise cancellation. It's powered by both the M2 chip, which we heard rumored, and a new R1 chip. This was specifically developed for the Apple Vision Pro headset. It will be running what's called Vision OS. That's Apple's official term for the software platform. And apps like Teams, Zoom, and WebEx are already developing applications for the headset. And it will be able to run many of the apps you already know from iOS and iPadOS, like Lightroom. Plus lots of games from Apple Arcade, and of course streaming services will be able to take advantage as well. In order to unlock the device, Apple talked about privacy and security and its new Optic ID. So unlike Face ID, which scans your face, the Apple Vision Pro will actually use Optic ID to scan part of your retina, which is actually different even between identical twins, that is how it will unlock the device. And when it comes to privacy, because it's eye tracking, and that's a lot of how you'll be using to navigate the different UIs, that websites will not be able to see where you're looking. They will only see where you click. And that's a big deal because other headsets, there's been questions about, is it tracking every eye movement? Does it know everywhere you look? And Apple Vision Pro is going to be very careful with privacy and security, not communicating everywhere you're looking to those websites that you're browsing. Again, we'll have a lot more details on the Apple Vision Pro on Friday's episode of the Apple Insider podcast, but stay tuned for even more updates on appleinsider.com as we get our hands on the developer betas and as we learn more about Apple's headset, the Apple Vision Pro. We hope you enjoyed this recap of WWDC 2023 keynote. And again, stay tuned for all the latest news at appleinsider.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in Friday's episode.